Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Well, hi, welcome back to the Fruit Pursuit Podcast here with Mary Eldridge, and I am excited to bring to you episode 33 today called The Patience Game, Asking for Help. You know, in our mastermind, we discuss creative ways to find support while we are waiting it out. If you've ever had to wait it out, you will understand this concept of wanting to create strategy around the need to be patient. If you've ever played a board game, uh, you know that sometimes you have to wait for a series of moves to take place before you can actually take the action that you want. And during that time that you're playing a game, you create a pattern or build a strategy, or there's a sequence of events or a plan of attack that you create in order to use that time wisely. So today in this podcast episode, we're going to talk about one of the ways that I discuss in our mastermind for just the importance of asking for help, the need for us to do it, and and how to look at that from a perspective of our relationship with God. So I want to begin by saying that there is an ebb and a flow to patience. There's a process that happens. Just like if you are playing a board game, sorry, you might, you pick up a card first, determine what the number is, and then you look to see where you can move on the board. Depending on what you pick up helps you determine what you're going to do. And there is a process that you go through to determine what the best move is depending on the card that you picked up, right? Other more strategic games or complicated games will have a series of things that you that you do when you every time you take a turn. So, for instance, our family plays this game Dominion. If you've if you've never heard of it, you could check it out if you're really a a board game player. It's actually a card game, but it's a little bit more of a strategic card game. And in each turn that you take, there's a series of things that you do. The first thing is that you take new cards. The second thing is that you play actions. The third thing is, is that you spend your money. And the fourth thing is, is that you clear all of the cards off the table that you just played. So there's a pattern that happens every single time. And as I was thinking about different games that we play and how there's a sequence of events that take place every time we have a turn, I realized that there's a correlation between board games that we play, strategic games that we play, sports games that we play, and also the process of having patience. Now, patience is a fruit of the spirit, definitely, and we can cultivate that gift that he gives us. 
However, noticing that there is a pattern to it, I think will actually help you to basically have patience more consistently. So let me explain where I got this pattern from. It comes from Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. I want to read those to you. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. He will be with you. Now, I know that this is a fairly common passage of scripture. If you've been a Christian for very long, it's probably one you've heard over and over again and are fairly familiar with. However, as I was reading this recently, I noticed that there is a sequence to these things. The first thing it says to do is rejoice. The second thing to do is be reasonable. The third thing to do is to make a request. The fourth thing to do is have Thanksgiving. The, and I'm not talking about Turkey. <laughs> the next thing to do is feel peace. The following is to think about good things. And the last one is to practice. And I noticed that this is a great process or pattern for every time we are going through a waiting period. You know, sometimes we can feel a little bit like a roller coaster, or at least I can. If if you are more of a flat line emotionally, maybe this doesn't resonate with you. But for those of you, us who tend to go up and down and trust God and then wonder if we're doubting God or get concerned about things and then try to be calm or ask God for things and express it in a way that then we feel like maybe we aren't really being grateful for what we have and getting frustrated between feeling like you're swinging back and forth between I'm content and I'm unhappy with my circumstances. Wait, no, I'm content. No, now I'm unhappy with my circumstances. Okay. I'm grateful. Okay. Now I'm dissatisfied. Now I'm grateful. Now I'm dissatisfied and going back and forth and back and forth. This pattern gave me peace because what I realized is that all of those feelings are encompassed in this pattern and I can repeat it over and over again, this process, and still remain trusting the Lord, having patience, believing him for what he can do. And at no time did I jump out of the commands that I've been given in the Bible just by doing these different things. So I want to go through them really quickly here and let's look at each one and see how it can show up in our lives and I hope that by the end of this, you'll see that there's a strategic pattern to playing this patience game. I think this is really 
I'll, let me back up and explain that I think that the reason I call this the patience game is because in in the chapter it's talking about worry and how to defeat worry and a lot of times patience is something that is required when we don't know what's going to happen when we wonder how it's all going to come to come about or how we're going to be provided for or how we are going to make this work or how God's going to work things out and so this little pattern can be the strategy that you use to combat worry, to have patience with God, to wait on his perfect timing, to believe that he's taking care of you. If you didn't listen to episode 32 called Patience is a Virtue and talking about we can trust God and why we can trust God and how we can practice that concept of being easier while we're waiting, I encourage you to run back and listen to that episode. But so we're kind of building off of that concept here in this episode. So the first thing, let's get into it. The first thing is to rejoice. It says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice is kind of a biblical word that I've heard so many times, sometimes for me, it kind of loses its meaning. And so I switch over to celebrate because in our everyday lives and in our culture, we think of the word celebrate and we immediately have ideas of what that means in our head. So rejoicing in my head sounds like singing in a choir or praising the Lord in worship service. Celebrating to me sounds like shouting at a sports event or clapping and whistling at somebody's birthday party or getting really excited when somebody graduates from high school or college or gets a new job or passes a really big test or something like that. And we might clap or scream and shout, or we find out that somebody's having a new baby and we're super excited or somebody is getting married and and we go to celebrate that event with them. So celebrate really comes up in my mind. I have lots of pictures of natural ways that we do that. And so I equate the two together. When I say rejoice, I quickly use celebrate as a synonym so that I can remind myself that we're not just talking about songs here. We're not just talking about praising God in worship service. We're talking about celebrating in God always. The kind that you do when your team wins the Super Bowl or when your baseball team wins the World Series or you the way that you celebrate when your kid comes in and says I just rode my bike for the first time without falling over and you scream and jump up and down and whistle and get all excited. That kind of celebrating. That's the first step is what can we be celebrating in life? The second one is to be reasonable. Now, I think it's interesting that these two are next to each other and in this order, we're going to celebrate, but we're not going to be crazy people because celebration and 
and extreme fear actually have very similar responses. Um, we do similar activities. We might scream and throw up our hands for both of them, but they come from different motivations. And so I love the fact that the very next thing is to be reasonable, be calm and persevering and patient. Celebrate, yes, but from a place of don't go crazy about this. Don't go crazy. And I think the crazy part is the patience. Like, don't go crazy. Go patient. Uh, be patient to everyone. It says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Our calmness is the testimony that we're giving out to other people. We're not freaking out and running around with our heads cut off like chickens going crazy and being chaotic and in a panic. And no, we're like, we're being reasonable. We're being calm. Why? Because our hope is not based in what our government is going to do for us. Our hope isn't based in what our job is going to do for us or whether or not the grocery store is going to run out of toilet paper this week. Our hope is based in Jesus, in the son of the living God who is capable to meet our needs. And we can have patience and perseverance and be calm through that because the God of all the universe is paying attention. So first we celebrate, then we be calm or rejoice and be reasonable. The next thing it says, though, is to make requests. It says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So the request and the thanksgiving go together. This is so encouraging to me because I find myself in, let me give you a practical example. I find myself in my house with a shower that doesn't work. The master bathroom shower in our house is broken. And I kind of joke sometimes when I tell people about this, I say, you know, we have a really efficient shower. One person can take a shower in the shower and the other person, if they're willing to stand naked on the dining room table, they can get a shower at the same time. And it's really an efficient time saver if we are willing to you know, if, if somebody would just volunteer to stand naked on the dining room table, we could be a lot more efficient with how we get our baths every day. Nobody's up for that. And, um, and it's just a joke, but the idea that the shower doesn't work is frustrating. And I so appreciate this juxtaposition of making our requests with Thanksgiving you know, the truth is we have three and a half bathrooms in this house. There are a total of three showers and then a fourth bathroom with a toilet and a sink. So the reality is that there are two other showers that we can use, that we can do what we need to do. And it's not very often that we can't come up with a way that, that we that we can't come up with a way to get all of our showers in a timely manner with two other showers. And so I find myself when I make the request to God, Lord, I really would love for this shower to be repaired. Can you please provide the means, the person, the finances to repair this shower? That's my prayer. That's my making my request known before God and asking him for something that I want while also then saying, and 
thank you so much for the showers that we already have. We have two of them. They work great. They We have hot water. We are able to get clean. There is no lack of the ability to actually wash our bodies. And at the same time, it's something, this other shower is something in our house that is broken and I long for it to be fixed. I long for it to be repaired. I want to be a good steward of what the Lord has given me. And part of that looks like fixing the things that belong to us so that they work. So that if we wanted to share them with somebody else, or we wanted to sell the house later, that we're selling something or allowing somebody else to use something that functions properly. It's it's good stewardship. So we mash those two things together. Please, Lord, fix my shower. Thank you for the ones that already work. Isn't that so, so comforting to know that that's okay? Doesn't it make it easier to have patience and wait for things when it's okay to say, thank you, Lord, for the way that you have provided already. I recognize that you're providing for all of my needs. And also I have this new thing on my heart and I'm going to trust you with it. This is the thing that I need or want. So those two really go together. Make requests with thanksgiving. That's the, that's the next part in the pattern. So we have rejoice, be reasonable, make requests with Thanksgiving. And then the next one is feel the peace because he promises it to us. We just have to take an opportunity to find it. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say it might guard it. It doesn't say we hope it does. It doesn't say that There's a 50-50 chance on whether or not you'll feel peaceful afterwards. Nope. It says the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So to me, when the scripture tells us a promise like that, when it gives us that promise, it's my job to look for where it is. Not if it is, not if it might be true, but to believe that it's true. Now, where is it? Where can I find it? Where is that peace? How can I latch onto it? So the, our job becomes feeling that peace, not, not wondering if the peace is there, but actually feeling it, taking part in it, believing that it's there and allowing it to be part of our lives, which I think involves a little bit of surrender You know, we've got to set down how we think it's supposed to look and how fast we're supposed to get there. I think in that surrender, there is a peace uh, that passes all understanding that comes in. You know, I felt this way before when God has commanded us to tithe during difficult situations. If you've ever been in a situation where you're financially tight and you feel prompted to get your tithes back in order. And when I say tithes, I mean a full 10%. I'm not talking about, there's a lot of, of teaching out there that nobody has to tithe anymore because we're under a new covenant. And I'm, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to argue with people out there about what that looks like. All I can tell you is that when we aren't tithing 10%, I don't know how to pay my bills. I cannot figure out in the 
like how that works. And when we are tithing 10%, the Lord provides our needs. And I find that the peace of God that passes all understanding guards my hearts and minds because I have a clear conscience before God. And because I know that there's verses out there that talk about how you can't, you can't outgive him. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. The God of all the universe is asking us for 10%. And he's offered to provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Why wouldn't we why would we ever have a problem with giving him 10% if he's going to provide for all of our needs according to his riches and glory, not according to our 90%, according to what he owns, which by the way is everything. So in those moments, I find the peace of God. Oh, I can give him this 10% and believe that he is taking care of my needs. He asks for it. I can give it to him with a cheerful heart. I can feel his peace. It's just one example, okay? The tithing is not necessarily part of the patience game. It's just an example of a way that I trust him practically and then feel his peace. So we feel the peace of God and then it tell and then Paul talks to us and says to think on good things. It says, "Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things." You know, to me, this verse, I use a little bit as a litmus test for when I feel anxious or fearful or panicky. I go back to this verse and I think, what am I allowing my mind to dwell on? While I'm waiting for God to supply this need or while I'm waiting in an unknown circumstance or I don't know what's coming down the line or I'm feeling a little out of like I don't have control over a certain situation what am I allowing my mind to dwell on? Is it social media angst? Is it the panic of the news? Is it all of the the worst scenario stories that that are that our news media can come up with for the day? All the horror that they manage to wrangle together into one hour long segment? Is it, have I been dwelling on what's not working with my extended family? Am I, am I dwell, what am I dwelling on? Is it all the things, the horrifying things that are going on in the world that I've spent most of the time focusing on? Or am I spending the majority of the time focusing on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, the just, the pure, the lovely, things that are commendable, excellent, things that are worthy of praise. Am I spending the majority of my time thinking about those things? You know, one time I ask myself, why? Why don't I think about those things instead? Why do I default to the negative things? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. One habit, we get into habits. It's it's easy to think of the worst case scenarios, but two, because that's what's that's what's easy to absorb. Those are the things that are most readily available. We actually have to work a little bit at 
getting a regular stream of things in our life that are going well and things that are in our life that are succeeding and ways that other people are winning and ways that God has met needs. That's something that we actually have to put a little effort in to find those resources. But it is so worth doing. Can I just put a little plug out there? If you don't have a group of people that get together and talk about their wins and celebrate together over what's going well in their life and how God is meeting them and how God is blessing them, and that becomes one of the major things that you talk about on a regular basis, I encourage you to get started with some sort of group. We do that in our Fruit Fruit Pursuit Mastermind. That becomes a regular habit because... It's so important for our mindset. It's so important as we're doing difficult things or as we do things that ordinarily would look scary, that we are saturating our minds in the ways that God has met us and the ways that he's shown up for us and how our prayers are answered and how we're growing and learning and our kids are growing and learning and our relationships are improving and things like that because number one, he commands us to, to think about those things. But number two, it helps us see them more often. And so I think it's an important part of this pattern to think about good things. And then the last one is to practice what you know, to practice. You've learned it. Now you got to practice. You know, one of my kids wanted to share the gospel. They're required to share the gospel with a couple of people in preparation for six, actually. They're required to share the gospel with six people before they go on their mission trip, which at this point, I don't even know if they're going to be able to go thanks to this virus that's been going on this year. But um, they're still planning to go and working hard to be able to go on that trip. And... I'm not disappointed because the requirements are to share the gospel with six people. It's even if they don't go, that's a good thing. So, but they're nervous. They're nervous about sharing. Why are they nervous about sharing? Because they haven't done it. They haven't done it. They know Jesus. They know how they were saved, that Jesus lived a sinless life and was uh, died on the cross for to become the sacrifice to to cleanse the whole world from sin and that anyone who believes on uh, believes him and chooses him as lord of their life can be saved he proved that he was capable of saving sin saving us from our sins when he rose again from the dead that established his power and ability to to do what he said he could do and that's available for anybody who chooses to believe that, that that is the case and is willing to follow him wholeheartedly. They, so they're in, they need to share the story in their own words or how they got saved, how, how, God, how God connected with them and showed them their need for a Savior and how they're following him wholeheartedly. But you know what? If you haven't ever shared it with anybody, it's really hard to share because you stumble over your words. You get nervous. Am I saying it right? It's a little bit confusing. What if I do it wrong? What if I trip over my words? What if I say the same thing twice? What if I say it all and it sounds confusing? What if they say no? What if they don't like? You know, there's all these kinds of potential scenarios for how somebody might turn around and say, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> and and they know themselves, right? They know themselves that the first time that they do something, it's 
it's the beginner. Nobody likes doing it the beginner time. It it's it's the worst time. It's it's not fun usually the first time we do stuff like that. And so this admonition to practice. Whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. You know, I remember I I do a lot now with podcasting and Facebook videos and uh, recording and speaking on stage and doing all of these public things. And I, but I remember the first time I posted a Facebook video online, I was terrified and I have been speaking in front of people all my life. I, I spoke in front of a large audience if for the first time when I was like 12 or 13, I've, and it wasn't for school. <laughs> um, it wasn't just a public speaking class. It was an extra thing that I spoke at an event. I've been doing this kind of thing my whole life, but the day that I first put a video on, a recorded video, I was nervous. I re-recorded the thing eight or nine times because I just didn't feel like I got it right. It was it was a little bit hokey. I didn't know how to do it. It felt weird. It felt uncomfortable. The only way to get more comfortable and ease of doing it was to practice. If you go back and listen to this podcast from the beginning, you'll see that at the beginning it sounds worse than it does now. It was hokey. I didn't I didn't have a good feel for what I needed to do. And I'm sure when I'm 300 podcasts in and you're listening to it then you can go back and listen to this episode and say, "Whoa, that sounds really weird." <laughs> it sounds like she didn't know, know as much about what she was doing as she does now 300 episodes in. Well, of course not. Of course it takes practice and repetition to get more and more familiar and to get comfortable with doing these things. And so not only do I think the practice is an encouragement to do these things that you've heard, the rejoicing and the praying, but the practice is repeat the pattern. Repeat this pattern. Rejoice. Be reasonable. Make requests with thanksgiving. Feel his peace. Think good things. Practice it. Okay, that means repeat. Rejoice. Be reasonable. Make requests with thanksgiving. Feel the peace. Think good things. Practice it. Okay, rejoice. Do you get the idea here? <laughs> like, it's a repeatable pattern that helps you win the game. The game of waiting for the Lord. Well, there are times when we have to wait. Lots of people had to wait. We've had to be patient. Over the course of history, God's people have had to wait for him. And there are people who have done that well, and there are people who have not done that so well, right? Hezekiah was someone who made a request of the Lord. He found out he was sick. He was waiting for the Lord, and he asked him to heal him. And the only person I know in the Bible that he actually is like, God healed him. And he said, yeah, actually, and I'm going to add 15 years. Side note, I think that's a little bit weird. Like now he knows when he's going to die because he's got 15 years and he can like do a countdown. That's, I don't, nobody else knows that, but he did. And that must've been a really interesting situation. And I can't wait to get to heaven and ask him about how that was for him. But other people had to wait as well. You know, Moses had to wait in 
because of Israel doubting. They had to wait in the in the desert for years. And if they had kept this pattern of rejoice, be calm and reasonable, make requests with thanksgiving, feel God's peace, think about the good things, practice. If they had repeated this pattern, I think they would have a better testimony of how to wait well. There's plenty of other examples in the Bible of waiting and and making requests at the same time. I just want to encourage you that it's okay to make requests of God. You know, he already knows what you need, but he wants to be asked. Another aspect of this is that if the God of all the universe knows everything that you already need and he wants to be asked anyway, how much more should we be making requests of the people in our life even when we think they should know already? Even when we think we've done this pattern over and over again, surely they should figure it out. By now, I shouldn't have to ask. Have you ever said those words, I shouldn't have to ask? Do you say them to God? Because of all the beings in the world, God knows the most. He knows everything and he still wants us to ask. So if there's indication that, yes, we should have to ask the Lord how much more we need to make requests of the other people in our lives while we're waiting to get really clear on what you need and then make a request with thanksgiving, not condescension, not with passive aggressiveness, not with annoyance in our voice, but with thanksgiving. I'm so thankful for the way that you helped me out. I need help with folding this laundry. Can you give me a hand? Simple, right? So I encourage you to make requests of others just as much as God delights for us to request things of him with thanksgiving. Look at this pattern and the ability to play this patience game, whatever you're having to wait for. And I hope you'll tune in next week. We will conquer how patience is key to some other areas of our life as well. All right. That's all for this week. Don't forget if you are interested in more from the Fruit Pursuit and you want more support, you can sign up for our newsletter at optin.maryaldrichcoaching.com. That'll get you on our email newsletter. And I send out uh, announcements about this podcast, just a little reminder, like, hey, we have new episodes. I also send out journal prompts at the beginning of the week. So if you're wanting something to have some daily thought provoking idea to begin cultivating these in every day of your life, you can sign up for that. Again, it's opt in O P T I N dot Mary Aldrich coaching.com. And you can sign up there and those will drop in your inbox. I'd love to be able to support you further that way. Otherwise I look forward to chatting with you next week, all about how patience is key. Until then, take care. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. 
to hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?